Oh, wow. It is really, really awesome to see you guys. Um, for all of you who are still tuning in online as well, um, it's just really, really good uh, to be back in person and to have the privilege of opening up the Word with you. My name is Lee. I'm uh, the lead pastor at Establish. If you're tuning in online, um, I don't know what kind of day that you've had today, but mine was hectic getting out the door. It was one of those ones where the kids were just going feral and uh, coming and singing praises to the Lord. What a great way to just orientate our hearts. I'm going to pray for us now, and, uh, and, and then we're going to um, have a bit of a different kind of sermon today. Normally, at Establish, we work through uh, books of the Bible. We love doing that because we believe that the Word is front and center. Um, but today, uh, I want to just share with you just some of the things that's been uh, going on in my life, and then some reflections uh, from 1 Corinthians 3 that I think is going to be really appropriate and applicable for us as we consider regathering again and as we consider thinking about uh, what it looks like uh, to keep on being the people of God in this moment. Um, so how about I pray um, for us? Um, Father God, I just um, thank you uh, so much for the way in which you guide and lead us. Holy Spirit, I pray um, that as we listen to you, as we hear your word, uh, that you will speak to us in such a way that it shapes us and grows us and molds us to be more like Jesus. Lord God, we thank you so much that we can gather together again. And I, and I pray, um, Father, um, that just as we sung earlier, that you will indeed um, give us a fresh wind of your spirit um, that builds us up, edifies us, and enables us to love one another more so that your name might be glorified. Amen. Uh, the last couple of years have been really tough, haven't they? Like, I don't really even need to say that. Uh, we know that. We feel that. We can see that individually, as a church family, communally, and, and all of those things from our work perspective to our social lives. Absolutely everything has been just turned into um, turmoil. And there have been many challenges, haven't there? Many hurdles to overcome. Times where, you know, at the same time nearly, um, we have faith and fear, peace and pain, grief and gratitude, laughter and loss, days where um, they're just joyful and some days that are just so jarring that we want to forget. And, and sometimes all of those things just thrown in in the mix at the same time and then everything in between. They've been hard, haven't they? And as we seek to regather yet again, like even using that word kind of makes us feel um, all of the, the kind of like the fear and all of the just the depletedness that the last couple of years have brought. And it feels like in many ways that we're just sitting at the bottom of a massive hill having just run a marathon. Now, you might not be feeling like that right now, but I'm sure at some point along the way that, that you're wrestling with that as you consider not just regathering together as a church, but actually thinking about what it looks like to re-enter back into what we might call normal um, living. And because all of those things are going on for you and going on for me and, and for us communally and individually, um, that actually means 
that whether or not you might feel this explicitly, that it's going to be hard as we do this thing that we're calling regathering. It actually means that it's going to be harder for you than you can maybe even imagine to think about what it looks like to fully enter into gathering and community around Jesus on mission for Jesus. You might be able to enter into the future of what that looks like, but, but maybe only so much. Because there are so many of our plans that have been turned upside down over the last little while. I think that that actually means that it's going to be difficult for us to recommit relationally, to recommit to one another in discipleship as much as we have been doing that already. And more importantly, I reckon off the back of the last two years that we have had, it's going to be so easy for us to believe that maybe God is not in control of this moment. It actually makes us question whether or not he is really sovereign. And if indeed he is going to work in and through this place and in and through us yet again. I think it's actually easy for us, off the back of everything that's been going on for you, and just to feel anxiety whether or not God, around whether or not God will build his church and actually keep on building his church. So today what I want to do is I want to help you help us rather, um, think into this a little bit and, um, and help us uh, see um, that for us personally and, and actually communally as well, that, that these last couple of years has not been something that has taken God by surprise or shaken God's plans. And, uh, and I want to do that in a way that's a little bit different um, than normal um, in that I want to share with you a little bit of uh, what's been going on for me and how I've been processing this. And, uh, and then we'll dig into 1 Corinthians um, 3. Uh, but I, I think really um, for us as we're thinking about this, what I want us to hold just really front and center of this is that rather than these last couple of years being something that has either shaken God's plans or just taken him by surprise, um, that this is something that has actually happened in his perfect timing in his sovereignty, in and through the global, the communal, and even your individual circumstances, that God has, will, and will continue to have you, will continue to build you and grow you as he will our church. Now, I don't want you to switch off uh, when you hear that, because what I'm not talking about here is getting people back into buildings and into programs. Because you see, as, as we talk about this idea of God building his church, it's got something way greater than just getting people into a building in mind. And because that means that the God of the universe, the God who made you, is actually committed to gathering you together and growing you to be more like his son. And that's something that has a profound impact on our lives, doesn't it? And something that has a significant impact for the community around us. Um, so make sure uh, that you keep that in mind when we're talking about what it looks like for God to build um, his church. And um, don't just hear this as an abstract idea. Um, so I just want to share with you um, a, a little bit about what's been going on for me, partly because what I don't think we need in this moment is lead pastorly standing up and giving you yet another mission charge to kind of go out there. Now, I think we need that of sorts, 
Um, but I think what's actually needed in this moment is that you hear from fellow follower of Jesus Lee, um, who has actually walked through these trenches with you, uh, so that I can help from that space actually point you to Jesus. And I've got a lot of fear and anxiety actually in sharing some of my story with you because it makes it very easy for you to think that this sermon is about me or that maybe even this moment or this church is about me, um, but it's not. And I'm hoping that in sharing from a place of vulnerability, weakness, lack, actually exhaustion, that that helps point you to Jesus and see that there's something far, far bigger going on here. And that in doing that, that that might be something that helps you have a deep confidence in God that not only will he build his church, but that actually he'll continue to be committed to the promise that he gave you to grow you to be more like Jesus. I'm hoping that by sharing in this way, that it actually also gives you permission to sit maybe in just a lot of hard. And to be able to actually do that with both faith and wrestling with fear. To be able to do that with having a deep confidence in God that he is for you and what that might then mean uh, for us. So if you would just indulge me a little bit and I'm going to pray again. This time it's more for me than it is for you. Um, so let me just pray once more, and then we're going to get into it. Um, Lord God, help us and help me um, to be able to make much of you in the things that have been going on, and help us, above all things, to see that you continue to build your church through your spirit-filled people, and that you do that for your glory, you do that in your time, you do that in your way, you do that um, in ways that we can not even imagine. Help us now. Amen. The last seven years at Establish, right, has been such a, a joy and a privilege, and it's been so good um, as your lead pastor to see how God's actually been using you to grow us up um, into maturity, to be more like Jesus. Um, some of you have been here from the beginning. Some of you are pretty new. Um, but the whole way along, God has actually um, used you guys to build this church and this community that we all love so dearly, right? Um, but if you've been around for any length of time, you know that it's not been easy. There have been all sorts of challenges along the way. There have been all sorts of, of hurdles that we have faced way before COVID. There's all sorts of moments that God has brought before us that has actually forced us to have to lean in and deeply trust Him. Moments that God has actually used to grow us in our perseverance, to actually galvanize us in our reliance on Him. And, and by His grace, um, actually we have seen good, healthy gospel growth from that in your hearts and amongst our community. And there's lots of evidence of that. Now, I start there in sharing this bit of the story because I think it's important for us to extract these last two years and kind of put them into a bigger picture and even probably a bigger picture again that helps us to see things and with perspective that the whole way along the life of our church and our community, and we can give lots of thanks to God for his faithfulness. 
And, and in many ways, I kind of think that the last two years has not really been much different than the first five, from God's perspective at least. I know for us though, right, it kind of just feels, feels like it's been really kind of quite hard. And, and for me personally, right, as I've navigated trying to lead our team of leaders in loving you and in equipping you guys and, and actually helping you to work the gospel out together, and there's been times where I've, I've just had deep fear and anxiety. And, and I want to confess that before you because there's been times over these last two years where I've just felt challenged about how I lead you guys in and through your anxieties and fears how we navigate just the pragmatics of COVID regulations, managing change, encouraging generosity in times where we're economically challenged and to encourage and keeping you safe and you guys respecting one another and, and all of those things. But most importantly, actually challenged in the idea or not the idea, but in the thing that we need to do most, which is to continue to encourage you to grow one another up in maturity to be more like Jesus. Now, the reality is I haven't done that alone. I don't think I ever could have or ever needed to. And, and there's been a whole bunch of leaders, admin team, gospel community leaders, past and, and present, who have also agonized over this over the last couple of years. And because they're for you, and, and they, they love you, and they, they want you to grow more and more, and, and our gospel community leaders in particular, I think, have really felt this. And they really have. And because they've been the main people who have had the touch points with you guys over this last little while. And, and I want to just underline that, and our kids' leaders as well, actually. I want to underline that, and because I want you to see that actually, as a whole community, and we've all been bearing this weight together, haven't we? we we've all been walking through these challenges together. Um, but for me, as your lead pastor, you know, there is a sense where these are some of the things that keep me up at night and get me on my knees in the morning. And uh, in many ways, it's actually just been really hard. Uh, you know, I remember sitting uh, at the end of 2019, looking forward to 2020. Uh, we had many good plans. Uh, we had lots of uh, excitement about, God, what, about what God might do. We began the year well, and then COVID hit. And, and it was so hard, wasn't it, at that moment, just not to be scared of the future. It actually had a huge, in, huge impact in 2020 on our community. Um, but I believed back then that God had this, right? And, and we saw evidences of his grace working in and through those tough moments. So when we got together for our leaders kind of vision thing in 2020, planning for like the year ahead this year, and we were really thankful to see that God had provided, that people had become Christians, that people had joined our church, even in the midst of like COVID, and we apparently didn't really seem to have done all that much. And, and it started to kind of give us an encouragement, and we, we kind of set out again with lots of uh, good plans and that. And then we had this challenge of regathering, right? Who remembers gathering 1.0, regathering 1.0? Pretty much most of you in here. It was weird, wasn't it? It was hard. It was unclear. 27% of our church had kind of changed, so people didn't know if you were new or if you were old school, right? Like, like it was just difficult. But by God's grace, he actually provided what you needed in that particular moment, and in and through you as you pressed in by faith, we actually seen a God growing you and actually growing us in ways that we 
maybe never even could have imagined until, not until, but then the Melbourne lockdown started happening. And what happened when the Melbourne lockdown started happening? Sydney people started going really weird, right? We started getting really scared and then boom, COVID-2 hit. And in one sense, I just thought, right, okay, we've done this before, pragmatically, we got it. All good, no dramas, easy. But in another sense, I remember just sitting, going, what are you doing, God? Like, this is big. This is only a few months ago, right, for us. This is big. We're tired. We're kind of depleted. What are you doing? I don't know if you thought that. In the midst of that, my mum in Ireland actually got diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer with a poor prognosis. And, uh, and that just set me off, I suppose, in a sense of, of just grief and fear and anxiety of the future. And it was this real stark reminder for me um, that I actually wasn't in control. And, you know, I mean, I'm Irish, so that makes me a little bit dumb. We all know that we can't be in control of these things anyway. Um, but it also brought me to moments, right, where I was doubting whether or not even God was in control, even though I believe that to be true. But by God's grace, right, of him working in and through the lockdown, in and through you guys, I was actually convinced that this moment, um, rather than being a moment that has taken God by surprise, is actually a moment that God has led us to and led you to for his purposes, 100%. So when we had our leaders' vision weekend only a couple of weeks ago, um, I remember saying uh, to our team that all of the hurdles, all of the challenges, all of the things that we've walked through together over the last two years is not something that's taken God by surprise. And in fact, rather than us trying to kind of just avoid that, that we need to lean into it, and through lots of tears of grief and, and joy, I, I think we were believing and going, right, okay, this is where God wants us to be. Like right now, on this Sunday, on the 21st of November, with the people that are here, with the people that are tuning in online, this is exactly where God wants us to be. And where we knew that regathering was going to be really tough, right, and not without its challenges, I kind of thought that life might be a little bit peaceful for a wee while. I've been in Ireland recently, so I just said we, which means little, right? And that's what it means. Um, but I, that's what I was praying for. But then on that night, on that Friday night, um, I got a call about my mom um, that actually her cancer had spread and it was now terminal. And in that moment, there was just like a tsunami of emotion, fear, anxiety, doubt, just a painful numbness. Um, I didn't have any idea of what that meant for the future, um, but I had this confidence that God just was giving me this assurance saying, Lee, I've got this. Whatever the outcome, remember I'm in control. So I jumped on a flight and went back home two weeks to be with my mom. Um, actually, mom might be watching at the moment. Um, and I'm really thankful to you guys as a church and for our team and whatever that actually could facilitate that. I think Meg, you can give her a whoop because there was a time where she was the only person on staff and here and did a great job. Um, but in light of the fact that I knew that when I was coming home, that we were thinking about regathering again, trying to reconnect as a community, this overwhelmingness of the fact that I couldn't control what was happening at both sides of the pond just was huge. 
it actually meant that probably for the first time in my life, I've had to face all of my fears, all of my failures, all of my challenges, all just at once. Had to acknowledge kind of like all of my lack, all of my weakness, and, and just lean fully in God. And in many ways, I felt paralyzed. I actually felt paralyzed about the thought of even getting back onto the plane to come back over here, of having to say goodbye to my mom. And, and I tell you that not to kind of bring more pity or, or praise on me or, or anything like that, but, but I, I think it's important um, so that you can see this bit that we're coming to next. Now, there were a couple of things that meant that I could get back on the plane. One of them was obviously Catherine, the kids. I was desperate to see them. Um, but the other one was we had decided as a family that, that we needed to go back um, to Ireland and spend some time with my mom. But also, and this is the one that I want you to underline, also I just had this deep sense of God continuing to say, hey, Lee, I've got this, and I now want you to trust me with this thing here in Ireland and actually go back to Australia and back to establish and lead from a place of trust, from a place of weakness and calm reliance kind of on God. And one of the things that God used to actually help me do that was 1 Corinthians 3. So we're going to get there and because the whole way along as I sat crying sometimes just in the car for hours, 1 Corinthians 3 kept on just coming up and God saying, God builds his church through his spirit-filled people, and we're going to get into it now. Um, so 1 Corinthians 3, if you know it, you know that the context that I've just talked about, right, has nothing to do with the context of 1 Corinthians 3, in a sense. Um, but there are some similarities, um, because you see Paul, right, is speaking to a young church, and he's writing to actually encourage them um, to keep on growing and to live out who they are, kind of pretty much the same as what we've been doing with you guys over this last while. And, and he's encouraging them in the knowledge of the truth of 1 Corinthians 1.9, and that the God who has called them into fellowship with his son Jesus will continue to be faithful to that, that he will continue to kind of build his church, which was a really important truth at the time, because they were facing many challenges that were seeking to derail the gospel, right? And it would have kind of caused them to feel much of the same doubt and anxiety and pain and, and, and kind of concern that we have in this moment, although from a very different context. And I think it's not too much of a stretch um, for us to kind of see that, that many of them actually were trying to address those challenges, like us, I think, in some ways, and by thinking that the right leader or the right set of circumstances or the right person or the right kind of skill or the right strategy would be the thing that would actually build their church. And it would be the thing that would stop it from being derailed with all of the challenges. And, and these, this young church was thinking surely in pragmatics and, and humanly speaking also, but Paul comes along and he pretty just says to them, look, nah, you know, what we need is the message of the cross. And that message is foolishness in the eyes of the world. But it's extremely powerful. And he even reminds them that when he came to them as a young church, he came not in strength, but actually in weakness and in fear, but with a message 
that was transformative and powerful. And he basically is encouraging them to keep trusting in that message and to keep trusting in God right in the middle of all of the mess that was going on in their church. And it's that context that gives us um, just the idea behind what we see in verse 5, where there's this argument where it seems to be that people are pitting up this bloke named Apollos against Paul. Because you see, I think in the midst of challenge, it's so hard for us, isn't it, to trust that God will continue to do His work, and it's so easy for us to turn to someone or something else other than Him when the going's tough. It's actually so hard for us, I think, in those moments to believe that God will keep on building us and keep on building this church. Now, I don't think we're at risk of pitting Meg up against Tim, right? Or Lee up against Tim Faze or whatever, although I think at our next um, church camp we should do a lip sync battle or something like that, see who wins. Um, But we are at risk, aren't we? I think, of not putting our trust in this moment in God, in not actually trusting Him to lead us through the waters, or maybe even trusting in ourselves a little bit like the super apostles as the people who have it all together, who have got the strength, who can rely on our own skill and our own determination. And and when it comes to how we approach regathering and leaning into 2022, and it's a risk for us, I think, that if only we have the right people at the right time in the right places with the right skills and the right budget and the right strategy, that then everything will be sweet. Or alternatively, that if we don't have any of that stuff, then God can't work and he's not in control. What does Paul say? Have a look at verse 6. What does Paul say to the Corinthian church as they wrestle with their context? Here's what he says. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. He is saying that God is the one who builds his church. In fact, Paul wants to emphasize that so much that he basically says that Apollos and himself are, what does it say there? Nothing. That's weird, isn't it? It doesn't mean that that they're not used by God or that they're unimportant in God's plan. They're God's co-workers, and he says that in verse 9, right? We'll get to that in a moment. But he wants them to know that in this moment for them, that they can rely on the truth that God is the one who is building his church. That's what he's wanting to underline. And I think personally in all of this, But where I have believed that that has been the case the whole way throughout the life of established church and and as long as I've been a Christian, right? I think in God bringing me to a point of weakness and all of these challenges, it's actually just helping me to see more and more that actually God's not just in control of the big scale thing or the capital C church, but actually of this church, of actually the details of the everyday, because you see, it's his church. He is the one who builds it. He is the the one who makes it grow. And, And I think that that is, in and through kind of what God has been teaching me, one of the things that I think we need to hear right now is we seek to work out what it looks like to grow communally 
in and through these challenges. And, and I hope, I hope that as we kind of dig into this, that we see and that we grow in and through this moment with a deep conviction that God builds his church and he'll build this church. And that means that he will build you as part of this church because that's what he's promised. In fact, I believe that the reason why God has brought me back here, right, for this moment, before we go over to Ireland again, is to, in some ways, lead you guys and model to you that even in the toughest moments that you might face, that you actually can really trust God. Not just with the big things and not just in theory, but actually with the things that you love and care for most in the context and the times that are most difficult to actually physically express that. To know that it's okay, like Paul, to be able to do that from a place of weakness and fearfulness whilst at the same time have complete confidence in God. It is okay. You can trust God in that. And we can trust God together. You see, what we don't need at the moment is just a message that says, suck it up. Or let's pull our socks up. Let's just work out the right wisdom. No, no. First and foremost, in this moment, communally and individually, what we need to know is that God builds his church. That he is in control. And that he is doing that for his sovereign purposes. It's to actually acknowledge that Jesus is the foundation that is laid in this church and in every church that has been planted through the gospel of Jesus. And that means that you can trust in him. And that actually means that as a church, we can actually lean into this and, and trust him with our community, doesn't it? You know, this has been true of every church down through the ages. And it's true here as well. We can trust him regardless of what the next number of months bring. You can trust him regardless of what the next number of months bring. In fact, one of the things that I was really encouraged by um, over the last little bit is that there's a whole bunch of research at the moment. I, I'm, I was kind of sitting there um, just going, man, what the heck is God doing? Um, but there's a bit of research at the moment that seems to be suggesting um, that in and through COVID, we've actually got people um, from various generations who are now um, shaken out of their apathy and more likely um, to want to come to church. And they're actually asking more questions about Jesus and, and whatever. Now, I think for me, that's just a little sign that in and through this tough moment that maybe, in fact, most likely, that God is and will continue to build his church, right? That challenges all sorts of narratives, I think, that we, our community tells us that God is out, that church has got nothing to say in this context. But there is another reason um, that I think we've got something to learn from this. And it's that God actually builds his church through a spirit-filled people, right? It would be a real mistake for us in this moment to actually go, okay, God builds his church, and for us to kind of just 
let go and let God or just disregard the fact that he uses leaders and he uses you guys and your gifts and your calling as you're filled with the Spirit to grow his church. You know, when Paul um, said that him and Apollos were nothing, he didn't mean that they were nothing. Actually, what he meant was that they were nothing in relation to God as they did their work, right? Because you see, later on in verse 9, he says that, God, that they're co-workers of God. And in Ephesians 4.11, Paul actually tells another church that part of their work as co-workers is to equip the church and the saints, the spirit-filled people of God, to be the people that God uses to actually grow the church up into the head. You see, it's not just that God grows his church, boom, but it's that God grows his church through his spirit-filled people, and that means that he grows his church through you. It means that he uses each one of you who love and know Jesus and have been filled with the Spirit. In fact, we get the same language in 2 Corinthians 5 and 6, where when Paul is talking to the, the church again about them being ambassadors, and he basically tells them that they are all co-workers in the time of salvation. You see, co-working, God using people to build his church is not just something for the Pauls. It's not just something for the ministry team or the admin team, but it's something that's for all ambassadors of Christ. In the middle of the hard, I think it's just really easy for us, isn't it, to go, let's just sit back. To miss or even deny the reality that God might use you to keep on building his church. But Christians, brothers and sisters, fam, God uses you. And if we want to grow, and if you want to continue to grow to be more like Jesus, we need to see this, and we need to believe it, especially in this moment. And we actually need to be convinced, don't we? that he will actually work in and through you. And he is already doing it. And he is and he can do it through your weaknesses and your fears. But he can actually use me as I sit through this space right now, not out the other end of it. That our ministry team and our admin team can trust that God will work in and through them and in and through you. And one of the things that gives me confidence, I think, as we kind of, as I lean into this personally, and I hope that this is something that's an encouragement for you, that as I consider going back to Ireland and actually trust God then with this side of the pond, is that I have actually seen you guys doing that over the last couple of years. I've actually seen you doing it over the last seven years. I've actually seen you leaning in in ways that shows practically that you really believe this as you work out how to love one another. Keep doing that. Keep working out in this moment whatever it is that you are going through to work out how you might love one another. Man, I've seen you guys sacrificing for one another, serving one another in ways that nobody even knows. And we've been the recipients of that over the last while as well. But let me also challenge you. Um, and I know this is hard, right? I know that you're tired. 
I know that you're fearful of the future. I know that some of you are sitting with things that I don't even know about. But let me challenge you that in this moment, in all of these things, wherever it is that you're sitting, that you can trust God that this is a moment that He has brought about. And we can trust God together that God builds this church and He will continue to use you, His Spirit-filled people, to keep on growing us in maturity to be more like Jesus. Amen? And that in turn, that that might be something that spreads the awesome good news of the gospel to the people around us. That that might be something that as people look on and watch you in this moment and watch us in this moment, that is beautiful and actually points people to Jesus. And as we do that, guys, you don't need to be all that. You don't need to have it all together all of the time. But you do need to trust God. And we do need to lean in together. And we do need to see that he will use us as we think about regathering and as we think about what it might look like over the next number of months and number of years and to see more people come to know him and more people grow to be more like him. I'm going to pray for us. Um, Father God, um, Lord, would you just um, take and mold uh, what has been said and the reflections that have come today in such a way that people and all of us might actually take away what it is that you want us to hear. Lord God, give us a deep and profound trust in you and then help us in that trust to lean in and love one another more. And Lord God, we thank you so much that whatever it is that happens, wherever it is that we are, however hard it is that that we are getting it, that we can trust that all of these things are in your control and working out for your purposes and that we can trust that there will be nothing that will thwart your plans and promises and not even the gates of hell will prevail over your church. 